You are now listening to The Model Health Show with Sean Stevenson. For more, visit themodelhealthshow.com. Welcome to The Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert, Sean Stevenson, and I'm so grateful for you tuning in with me today. This episode is incredibly powerful, and you're going to want to take a lot of notes. We're talking about something that has a huge influence on every single aspect of our lives, our ability to think, to be creative, our our body's ability to, to burn fat and to do processes is all regulated by that miraculous organ in your cranium, it's your brain. All right, we're going to talk about the muscle-brain connection today. We obviously do a lot of episodes dedicated to the nutrition aspect and the sleep connection even with our brain function and uh, incredible processes like your glymphatic system in your brain, which is this kind of detoxification for all of these amazing processes that take place in your brain. There's a lot of metabolic waste that get left over and the glymphatic system helps to clear that metabolic waste. And we're seeing issues like Alzheimer's disease being tied to an inability of the brain to detoxify itself, right? And so we found that the glymphatic system is 10 times more active during sleep. And so information like that and episodes dedicated to those pieces of the equation uh, have already been done, but today we're gonna talk about what kind of exercise, what is the most efficient and effective form of training to improve the function of our brains and to protect us from issues like dementia and Alzheimer's, which are just skyrocketing right now. But plus, we're going to talk about the the pros of these things as well, not just helping to prevent the bad stuff, but how can improve the good stuff, right? Potentially boosting your IQ, potentially increasing things like uh, your creativity and your ability to focus and perform in your memory as well, all from the type of exercise that you do, all right? So get ready to take a lot of notes. And today I'm so excited to be back in the studio. We took a couple of weeks off. I banked some shows so that I didn't miss anything with you, but I just took a couple of weeks off, no travel, no nothing, all right? Just kick back and relax. And it was so crazy because uh, my wife actually wanted to do something kind of different for our date day. And she got us hockey tickets. I'm like, really? And what was so cool is that we went to the hockey arena here, and while I was sitting there, I realized I had not been to a hockey game since I worked in that building 20-something years ago when I was, you know, a kid in high school. And I worked there, and I knew firsthand, and I knew she was going to get to experience this as well, that there is no environment like a hockey environment, all right? Anybody that knows has been to various sporting events, the atmosphere in a hockey game is palpable, it is contagious. It's like it's one voice, right? When everybody, everybody says, ooh, at the same time, everybody's like, oh, at the same time. And it's just like you become one. It's really, really interesting. But when I was there, when I worked there, uh, like I said, when I was in high school, I worked there when we had Brett Hall, all right? Brett Hall, first of all, his name's easy to say, which is really rare in hockey. And he scored like 86 goals in a season. He's a beast. But I was there, it was like a mid-season trade for the great one. All right, we got Wayne Gretzky when I worked there. It was electric in this building. We also had a couple other Hall of Famers on the roster at the same time. And so it was just an incredible experience. They didn't go too far, all right? Not every experiment's gonna work, but a cool little story is, it's just the power when we talk about the law of attraction. And I remember just like, I would love, and I just dreamed about it. I fantasized about it, having this autographed hockey stick from Wayne Gretzky. I just thought like, man, that would be the most amazing thing. Cut to within a couple of weeks of him being there, of all things, he went to a restaurant that my stepfather was the head chef at. All right? He's an incredible cook and he made him dinner. He didn't know uh, who my stepfather was or that he was the guy back there. After he ate, I guess it was you know, a steak dinner. He was like, I, I wanna talk to the chef. He gave him an autographed hockey stick that he then brought home to yours truly, all right? And it's just like, first of all, how good was that steak? You know, how could a steak be that good to warrant something like that? That's another story, but um, it became just this prized thing, you know? And, but of course, lo and behold, the Stevenson family history, I came home from school one day and the hockey stick was gone, he sold it, all right? Some kind of gambling, something, I don't know. Anyways, but I did have that moment of pure bliss and to go back and to, 
have this experience very different from when I worked there. Now I'm sitting, it's like mid ice, great seats. They got like food in the, I didn't even know they had this area, right? It's club, people hanging out, talking, snacks. They got tortilla chips, right? And it's just a totally different reality. And to see the possibility and also just having that ability to progress so much and to go from being like an usher to sitting there at mid-ice is just, it's a really cool experience. And so I hope you had a great kickoff to your new year and that you're in the flow. And we're going to take things to a whole different level today because this is information that I think is going to be valuable to you for the rest of your life and also to impact your friends, your family, your clients, potentially, if you're working with folks as well. This kind of data needs to be known by everyone. All right. And so we're going to get right into that. But first, I can't have a conversation about brain health without talking about something that I did for my brain today, nutrition wise. And University of Malaya researchers confirmed that lion's mane mushroom has incredible neuroregenerative potential, specifically its impact and function with a class of nerve growth factors that have been found to stimulate the differentiation and the remyelination of neurons in your brain. So your myelin is kind of like the insulation and coating and protection over all of your nerve pathways and this communication in your, in your brain being able to fire correctly. And again, this is something that we see in issues like uh, MS, right? We see the, the loss of our myelin. This is something that has the potential for remyelination of your neurons. That is incredible. And this isn't some kind of synthetic drug. This has been something that's for thousands of years documented research Lion's mane has been something that has been used in numerous different uh, medical systems. But today, with our modern science, modern medicine is finding out the power of some of these natural foods. And I'm just something, this is something that I've been using for many, many years, probably, I don't know, probably 10 years. I've been flirting with lion's mane, but really since Four Sigmatic has added it to its organic coffee formula, the lion's mane coffee, oh my goodness. That's my jam. All right, so that's what I had today. And they also, if you're not a big coffee fan, uh, they have the Lion's Mane Elixir as well. And these are dual extracted. So they're hot water extract and alcohol extract all in one simple little packet. Open up, add hot water, get your sip on. All right, protect and support your brain. And we're talking about, again, this is neuroprotective and neuroregenerative. So the creation of new brain cells and the protection of the brain cells that you have. Some cells, you only get, you, the ones you got, that's all you get. But as we're going to talk about today, there are parts of the brain that we know now can continue to create new cells throughout your entire lifetime. Lion's mane is one of those beneficial things to support that. So pop over, check them out. It's foursigmatic.com forward slash model. You get 15% off. All right, 15% off everything. The reishi, the lion's mane, the cordyceps, they're organic, organic coffees that have these medicinal mushrooms intertwined in this beautiful medley. All right, pop over, check them out. That's foursigmatic.com forward slash model. That's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com forward slash model for 15% off everything. All right, highly, highly recommend this. This is what I'm on today. All right, so head over, check them out. And on that note, let's get to the Apple Podcast Review of the Week. Another five-star review titled Crushing It in 2019 by Lisa Gift. I loved this show on giving up people-pleasing procrastination, perfectionism, playing small, and living in the past. I am inspired. Thanks, Sean. Thank you so much. I absolutely love that. And that's a shout out to the episode we just did. It came out a couple weeks ago uh, to kick off the new year. And this was five things you need to quit doing in 2019 to crush your goals. Because again, it's a lot of times it's not adding in new routines, new tactics, new strategies. We need to stop doing the things that are hurting us in the first place. Even with healing the body, a lot of times it's not adding in all these different things. A lot of people are looking for something to add in, some kind of miracle cure or supplement or drug. We need to remove the behavior that's causing the problem in the first place. That's where we need to start. So thank you so much for sharing that, and I appreciate that immensely. Guys, listen, if you've yet to leave a review for the show, please pop over, leave a review. All right, I appreciate it so very much. It means everything to me. Uh, over on Apple Podcasts, or if you're watching us in, on YouTube right now, leave a comment, let everybody know what you thought of the show, and I appreciate you so much. And on that note, let's get to our topic of the day. Today, we're going to be talking about the muscle-brain connection, 
All right. And we've got a ton of data right now touting the benefits of exercise for our cognitive health and the health of our brain form and function overall. And if we even look back to episodes we did with Dr. Wendy Suzuki, for example, and I met her at a conference I was speaking at in Chicago a couple years ago, and she just blew my mind. And I was very grateful to have her on the show. That was episode 186. And she shared that, and she's in the, again, in the lab doing this research. She found that exercise contributes to the creation and maintenance of brain cells in the hippocampus. Now, this is a part of your brain. This is a brain region that has huge roles in learning and the function of our memory, all right? Two incredibly important functions, all right? Just our ability to learn is going to be radically improved via exercise. And so just a couple of points right off the bat, and these are various studies I just compiled, and here's some bullet points for you. Among elementary school students, 40 minutes of daily exercise increased IQ by an average of nearly four points. I was taught in a university setting, your IQ is what you got, right? This is something that's really fixed. No, not so. Another study among elementary school kids, this is on sixth graders right here, the fittest students were found to score 30% higher than average, and the less fit students scored 20% lower, you know, via these fitness tests and then doing these academic tests as well. Now, among older students, those who play vigorously via doing sports had about 20% improvement in math, science, English, and social studies. We need to get our kids playing. We need to get our kids active. Students who exercise before class improved test scores by 17%. And those who were able to work out slash play for 40 minutes improved an entire letter grade. You can't tell me that exercise and movement isn't of critical importance to our brain and the function of our brain. Let's move over to the adults, all right? Employees who exercise regularly are 15% more efficient than those who do not exercise regularly, which means a fit employee only needs 42.5 hours in a week to do the same work that the average employee does in 50 hours, basically saving an entire workday via being more efficient via your fit, via exercise. All right, so that's just a couple of little points I wanted to highlight before we dive in deep and talk about what the best form of exercise is. But just know in general, if we're active, if we're exercising, if we're playing, we're going to get some big benefits to our brain. And so this year, I want you to really focus on not just getting more physically fit, but bulking up your brain. All right, you want to bulk up that brain. I want you to get new compliments, not just like, oh, you you know, your, your shoulders look nice, but like, somebody's like, you got a thick cortex, right? Or maybe there's like, you know, handsome hemispheres or uh, <laughs> I don't know, luscious lobes. I don't know, but you want to get some different compliments via not just your physical appearance, but please understand this. And this is one of the biggest points I want to drive home today is that the outpicturing of your body, your physical appearance is massively influenced by the function of your brain, all right? Your brain has a big influence on the determination of what kind of copies are being made of you, all right? Because your cells are continuously going through this process of replication and some cells are going through apoptosis and new cells are being created and your genes, and we're gonna talk about the exercise connection to genes too, so sit tight for that, but are influenced by exercise. Genes in your brain are influenced by exercise. You can literally print out a better version of yourself by improving that amazing brain of yours. All right, now your brain, it's not necessarily a muscle, right? It's not a muscle, but it functions more like a muscle than pretty much everything else uh, that we have as far as organs. Certain stimulation can improve the form and function of our brain, all right? So really, really powerful stuff. I'm gonna dive in and talk about specifically which forms of exercise are the very best. And first of all, Let's talk about something that is scorching hot right now. It's been a big transition in our culture. A lot of folks now are engaging and participating and proactive about doing strength training. A randomized controlled trial published in the archives of internal medicine found that resistance training promotes cognitive and functional brain plasticity. 
All right, lifting weights helps with brain plasticity. So we know today, again, a couple decades ago, it's kind of like the brain that you finished developing in your early 20s, that's it. That's all you get. It's a done deal. Some, some brain cells, some areas of the brain stop developing even as a child. And it's just not true for several areas of the brain. Now we understand this idea of brain plasticity, that the brain continued to grow and to evolve and to reshape itself based on our lifestyle. And resistance training, can you imagine that lifting weights, right? Doing squats, bench pressing, right? Uh, doing deadlifts can actually improve functional brain plasticity, can promote cognitive function. That is amazing. And yet another reason to get into the gym or to get some weights at your house and to start having a consistent protocol of doing some strength training. Of course, we know the benefits with fat loss. We know the benefits with body composition, all right, with um, uh, insulin sensitivity, you know, for helping your body to manage sugar. There's so many benefits, but now we know for certain this is important for your brain, all right? So if you've been reluctant to incorporate consistency with strength training, this is yet another reason to really pay attention to that. And so at the end of the episode, I'm gonna give you some specific recommendations from the research on what that looks like for you. Because you're like, oh, dude, should I lift weights every day? Should I do? So we're gonna uh, dissect that. But I wanna continue and give you more layers, more legs to this belief system to help to change and transform your idea and understand this muscle-brain connection. Harvard Medical School reported findings that strength training also provides an opportunity to overcome obstacles in a controlled, predictable environment, which has been found to increase mental resiliency. What these researchers have found is that lifting weights helps you to be more mentally resilient. That's another big word for this year. It's another big word for accomplishing your goals and for transforming your life is to be resilient, right? We're gonna come up against obstacles, but doing this process in a controlled setting, lifting some heavy weights, occasionally can make you more resilient outside of the gym. That's so remarkable, so powerful. And I think it's important to recognize that when you lift weights, yes, you're training your muscles. Yes, you're training your brain. Now we know this, but you're also training your nervous system. Right, your nervous system is really how you're kind of reading and scanning and, and interacting with your environment on multiple levels, like unconscious, subconscious, conscious. Your nervous system is how you're reading everything and how you interact and engage with that. And so again, it's not just when you're lifting, you're training your muscles, you're also training your nervous system. All right, super powerful. It's the extension of your brain throughout your body. And have you, I want to give you a good example, all right? Have you ever noticed that if you're doing, you know, maybe you're doing a certain type of exercise program and you're pretty fit, you feel like I'm fit. Then you do a different program. You know, maybe it's a weightlifting program, but it's a different one. And you notice that you're sweating more. And you notice that even though I'm fit and I'm doing these, I'm even lifting weights heavier than this differently, but now it seems to be that it's taxing me a little bit more. It's, it's a little bit more challenging. And this is because your brain is at work. Your nervous system is at work and it's making you sweat because like your brain has to try to adapt to this stressor. Your nervous system is trying to adapt to this new stimulation. And this is something we also wanna to continue to do throughout our lifetime. Let me give you two things. Number one, we wanna be consistent with our training. You shouldn't be skipping around doing a different exercise program every week. You're not gonna get those, you're not gonna get the return on your investment like that. All right, we need to be consistent with something. But at the other end of the spectrum, we don't wanna get stuck doing the same thing over and over again, expecting to get different and improved results after a certain amount of time. We gotta switch it up. It's not just good for your muscles to get that different stimuli, but it's also great for your brain and your nervous system. All right, so I hope that makes complete and total sense. All right, and yet another reason to incorporate strength training on a consistent basis for yourself and this muscle-brain connection is the influence that it has on these pain-relieving, euphoria-creating compounds that your brain and other tissues create called endorphins, right? This runner's high isn't exclusive to running. You also get this via strength training. And this can help to balance out your mental state, right? To keep you more relaxed, calm, focused, right? And to stay more in the present. 
There was a study published in the journal Frontiers in Psychology that revealed that lifting weights helped reduce symptoms of anxiety for study participants. Now, this is something that we often attribute when we have the conversation about anxiety to cognitive function, right? There's something going on with our, with our brains and stress and worry and fear. And strength training has been found to help to relieve those symptoms. And via one of those things that it does is producing these endorphins. And we did an episode recently with Craig Ballantyne, which was really like a masterclass on anxiety. So we'll put that in the show notes. So make sure to check that out. But just understand this again, it's the form and function of your brain is improved via strength training. And so this is just one area that we need to pay attention to, to target, to hopefully incorporate on a regular basis to support this brain muscle connection. All right. And again, exercise in general is valuable, but I'm looking at what are the most valuable things that we've got some clinical data that we can use on a consistent basis as far as exercise to improve the form and function of our brains. So just to take a little step back, uh, I, I thought this was really interesting. Numerous studies have shown that physical activity, just in general, increases brain volume and can reduce the number and size of age-related holes in your brain's white matter and gray matter, all right? We don't want your brain looking like Luke Cage's jacket, all right? Shout out to those who watch Luke Cage and know what I'm talking about, all right? It's inside for you. But we want to take care because one of the things that we see, like with spec scans, for example, Dr. Daniel Amen, is that the average person, they start to get these crazy holes in their brain where blood flow and function and, you know, just circulation of nutrients throughout that area of the brain are being blocked. Exercise, one of the things that can help to prevent that. And he's seen people incorporating an exercise program, changing their nutrition and their sleep habits to literally reverse those issues. And it's just, again, speaks to the power that we all have to affect change right now. All right, so I just want to share a couple more pieces of data that I came across finding how powerful resistance training is for our brain form and function. This study found that by doing resistance training, it induced a robust transient increase in circulating BDNF, that's brain-derived neurotropic factor. And this is essentially has been called like miracle grow for the brain and helping to increase the proliferation of new brain cells and just supporting brain function overall in a big, big way. And so endurance training has been the thing that's been really focused on for BDNF being produced in the brain. But it's not exclusively produced in the brain. It's also produced at different areas and different tissues at other places in the body. And that BDNF, it's so interesting because it has the ability, it's one of the few things that has the ability to cross the blood-brain barrier and then affect changes and have action within the brain as well. So again, another reason to incorporate strength training. Now listen to this, 2014 study conducted at Georgia Tech revealed that strength training for as little as 20 minutes can improve long-term memory. The researchers had study participants to train legs for 20 minutes versus the controls who did nothing. Two days later, they had them come in and do an image recall test and the strength training subjects outperformed the non-lifters by 10%. All right, training legs 20 minutes, one time. Really, really interesting. Moral of the story, never skip leg day. All right, so I hope that's enough data and information to really encourage you and to uh, give you another reason to incorporate strength training. It's so, your genes expect you to lift heavy things. Your, your genes expect you to have resistance that your body is working against, to really engage all the various types of muscle fibers that you have. But if you don't use it, you lose it. The same thing with your brain, flexing those brain muscles, right? Getting those handsome hemispheres, all right? Those thick cortexes. Okay, this is what we want to do. Incorporate strength training. It is essential. All right, now for me personally, I travel quite a bit. I've got kids. I've got a lot of stuff going on. All right, so uh, efficiency is a big part of the game for me. You know, I do love going to a gym environment, it's just, that's a personal choice of whether or not you enjoy being in a gym environment, 
whether you enjoy being in a full gym, an empty gym, training with other people, whatever the case might be, doing group classes, or you like to train at home, or if you got a, a decked out garage gym, or you just got a couple things that you that you like to use and throw around uh, in your kind of personal space, you know, even if you're in a college dorm room, there is an there is access for all of us. And I'll tell you right now, the tools that I use, especially when I'm at home and I don't have time to get to the gym or, you know, I just want to get some of these benefits rolling in my body, even just kind of between projects I'm working on or just task switching as a day goes on. I've got the kettlebells. I've got the maces. I've got battle ropes. I've just been collecting all of these pieces of equipment that ballistic medicine balls, right? These are like made of the same stuff that 50 Cent was wearing that bulletproof jacket. Right, when he came out, it's like, why is this guy? Oh, okay, I get it. But these ballistic medicine balls are just, these are tough. And I get my equipment from on it. All right. They are the pioneers. They're the company that put all this stuff out in the first place. All right. Not many companies get a partnership with Star Wars or with Marvel. Guess what? On it does. You can get Captain America shield plates, barbell plates, if that's what you're into. All right. And they've got these. So my kettlebells, they're, they're called primal bells. So they've got these various primates and they're so cool. I've got one for my youngest son. I've got one for me and for my oldest son, for my wife, the, the various sizes of those. And they've also, of course, got the traditional kettlebells. But you see a lot, a lot of folks out there now uh, promoting and using the steel maces and clubs on it. This is the company that really got it rolling. You know, The Rock, right? He's on IG showing his primal bells that this comes from on it, all right? So you guys definitely check them out. By the way, again, I mentioned Star Wars. If you're a Star Wars fan, first of all, they've got the coolest yoga mat that is like Han Solo when he gets like put in that, in the carb, is it carbon freeze? See, I've got my Star Wars nerd right next to me to tell me what it is, all right? It's the coolest yoga mat you've ever seen. It looks like he's in the yoga mat. And they've also got a Death Star medicine ball. Okay. Darth Vader kettlebell. How cool. All right. So many cool pieces of equipment, but these are functional. These are durable. These are things that give you a lot of options in the type of training that you do. Total body workouts, literally just within reach at all times. And so I highly recommend check out there, fitness equipment, and get yourself a couple of pieces of these equipment because this is something that just add. I love when I step into my garage and I see these pieces of equipment. They inspire me to work out. You know, they're fun, but they're also challenging and teaching me new skills. And like I mentioned earlier, you don't want to get caught in a rut of doing the same thing over and over again. And as you'll discover, as the years roll on, more and more uh, information is put out there is going to be about functional training and being able to use tools like these that you can flow and do different movements and that aren't just having you going one static direction. That's not necessarily healthy to be doing all the time as well. All right, so pop over, check them out. Oh, you get 10% off all of this stuff, by the way. All right, go to onit.com forward slash model. That's O-N-N-I-T.com forward slash model. You get 10% off all of their fitness equipment and also all of their incredible earth-grown based, earth-grown nutrient-based supplements as well. All right, so pop over, check them out. Onnit.com forward slash model, O-N-N-I-T.com forward slash model. So let's circle back and look at when I mentioned earlier about exercise being able to impact genes in your brain and where this data is coming from. So researchers at the University of Bristol found that exercise actually changes the expression of genes in the brain, specifically genes that appear to have a heavy influence on coping with stress. <laughs> Please get this. This is so powerful. Strength training changes genes in your brain that help you to better deal with stress. The study earlier talking about resiliency, it's not just some kind of like a, a side effect. It actually is changing the genes in your brain. Strength training is an epigenetic influence for your genes in your brain. Just, that's just remarkable, really remarkable. Now, here's something really cool. And I just wanted to share this with you. Yes, you affect your genes with the exercise, 
but you're actually going to be able to pay those benefits forward. Listen to this. Numerous studies are now confirming that there are significant links between pregnant women's physical activity and the brains of their gestating babies. For instance, this 1996 study published in the Journal of Pediatrics showed that at age five, children of moms who exercise regularly during pregnancy performed better on tests of general intelligence and oral language skills than children whose mothers had not exercised very much. Another study published in 2016 showed that boys born to physically active mothers had higher scores on math and language tests than boys from sedentary mothers. All right, so this is something that we need to incorporate for our kids' sake. This is about legacy, all right? We're, we're passing these genes on, these epigenetic influences, but please understand, no matter what, even if you're like me and you're like, my mom probably didn't do much besides like walk to the car and then back to the couch, I don't know. You still have massive opportunity personally in your own life to influence these epigenetic um, triggers. So please understand, but knowing this data, we wanna be more proactive and intelligent and intelligent in how we're supporting our future generations. We need to move. Guys, we're not off the hook here, all right? Please understand, this is also influenced potentially by the father as well. A study published in the journal Epigenomics reported that three months of physical exercise changed the DNA methylation patterns of young men's sperm. The results said this, Global and genome-wide sperm DNA methylation was altered after three months of exercise training. DNA methylation changes occurred in genes related to numerous diseases, such as schizophrenia and Parkinson's disease. This is a methylation opportunity because, and we, we did an episode about this, talking about these SNPs, right, that can occur with our DNA. And these little, they're basically mutations. And... Methylation is an important process for your DNA to be able to function properly, to have your cellular detoxification channels to, to work correctly. And so this data is sharing that exercise can potentially help to ensure, prevent issues like schizophrenia and Parkinson's. We're paying it forward, We're paying it forward, all right? All of us, this is something that is not just about us, it's about our future generations as well. Okay, and so again, if you feel you have cards stacked against you from your parents though, and this is like a personal issue with you, rest assured things can be improved because as we've talked about today, there are many benefits to what you do right now in improving the form and function of your brain. All right, but I want to share that just to give us a bigger kind of meta perspective to get out of our own little lives and to know that when you exercise, it's literally not just about you, right? This is, it's an influence to our, our kids and our family and our community that we have right now, but also again, potentially passing those benefits on. All right, so really powerful, but this just goes back to understand that these are things that our genes expect us to do. Expects us to, to lift heavy things occasionally. And also this next point as well. And this is another big part of the muscle brain connection and what type of exercise our brains crave in order to be the fittest, healthiest that they can possibly be. And this is highlighted by a 2017 study published in the journal Scientific Reports that revealed that balance training, balance training improves memory and spatial cognition in healthy adults. Right, balance training, have you ever thought about that? Is that something that you proactively are engaged in? Balance training, working on your balance? Because there are some big benefits. Now, we mentioned the hippocampus earlier. The hippocampus belongs to this ancient part of the brain known as the limbic system. And this plays an important role in the consolidation of information, helping to convert things from your short-term memory to your long-term memory, as well as spatial navigation, okay? Spatial navigation. So this has to do with you being able to navigate your body throughout your house, right? To move around the coffee table, that kind of thing, but also to be able to navigate your car throughout your city, right? This spatial navigation, we have these this internal Google Maps, all right? And it's constantly uh, being upgraded or downgraded based on our lifestyle decisions. One of the things that has been found to improve that, that map system, 
is doing balance training. Your brain needs this. So basically, study participants who did balance training twice a week for 12 weeks with a trainer had significant improvements in memory and spatial navigation than the control group who did not do anything. Now, this includes uh, single leg exercises, for example, dual leg exercises. Also, you know, with both feet on the floor on various surfaces, right? Uh, or you can have resistance incorporated. So maybe you're doing a one leg stance or uh, and you got some resistance. Maybe it's a band pulling you in a different direction. But being able to engage with those types of resistance and that kind of stimuli literally improves your memory and your spatial navigation. And so this can incorporate things like wobble boards are, are kind of popular right now, busu balls, right? Different pieces of equipment as well. But it just gets me thinking again, what does your brain expect? It, it doesn't just look for that same push-pull motion that we find in typical gym equipment. We need to be more functional, more adaptable, right? Through our evolution, we'd be balancing on things. Maybe you're walking across a log to cross a creek or, or you know, a small... Uh, a pond or something like that, or, you know, climbing trees or just needing to be able to be, um, you know, kind of light on your feet and agile and balance through different terrains, right? Maybe you're climbing mountains and things like that, uh, gathering uh, herbs. I don't know. But the thing today, we don't have that. And a lot of stuff that we do is very typical push-pull motions, which is all good. But we need to think about balance training as well, because there's some huge benefits. Again, activating these genetic, these kind of epigenetic triggers in our brain for better results. Another thing that we get from this type of, of motion. So let's look at this. The hippocampus that we've talked about already belongs to an ancient part of the brain known as the limbic system, right? The limbic system. This is really, there's an emotional it's the kind of the emotional center of the brain as well. And it plays an important role in the consolidation of information from basically converting your short-term memory to your long-term memory. And also your hippocampus is heavily uh, involved in spatial navigation, all right? Spatial navigation. So what does this mean? This means basically navigating yourself around your house, right? Navigating around the coffee table, the Legos. I got Legos. All right, my son is his thing, All right? Navigate, I mean, he's pretty orderly with it. Let's be real. I'm not like stepping on Legos. It's terrible for those who deal with that. But we do have a uh, like this, this rug that can hide Legos in it, okay? There has been a stud or two, okay? And I have not felt victim, but just saying, being able to navigate around stuff in your house and also navigating your body and your car around your entire city. All of that has to do with spatial Navigation. We have this built-in Google Maps in our brains, in our nervous system, that's helping us navigate through the world. How important is that? You don't want to lose those faculties. These are things that are lost through the average person's aging today, that normally our ancestors would have these functions well, well into their senior years. All right? We don't want to just... We want to... We want to die at an old age very young, all right? Does that make sense? We want to maintain this youth and live a, a long time and understanding that in our culture today, I've said this many times that today people are not necessarily living longer, we're dying longer and we're losing a lot of these faculties. And these are simple things we can do to support these, uh, this the functionality and form of our brain so we can live a long, healthy, active life. Another part of this equation involved with balance training is the development of something called proprioception. All right, proprioception is your body's awareness of itself in space. All right, it's your body's awareness of itself in space. This has a lot to do with your nervous system and how you are just aware, like you don't have to look down when you're changing from the brake to the gas pedal, right? You don't have to constantly stare at your hands to put popcorn into your mouth at the movies, right? I don't know why that popped in my head, but it did, all right? Whatever it is, you don't have to constantly, you know, I was just walking from my garage to my house yesterday and there's like, you know, there's stones and there's stairs and all this stuff. And I was thinking about this, like, as I'm taking the steps, I'm just like, I don't have to think about none of this. I know where my body is. My body knows where it is within this terrain. And it's just like, wow, this is a really amazing, beautiful thing that we have as, you know, as humans, 
to be able to develop this and to be to be able to live without constantly having so much mental energy to think about things because of this proprioception. And so this is something that's developed via uh, certain types of training. So balance training. So here are a couple of things that can improve your proprioception. Box jumps, box jumps, things that train speed and balance are really great for proprioception. So box jumps is something that we know improves your proprioception, right? Being able to be aware, where's that box at, right? When you're making these jumps, single leg squats, uh, simply balancing yourself on different surfaces, right? I mentioned the busu ball earlier. Listen, I'm gonna be real. I still don't want you standing. So the busu ball, for people that don't know, it's like the, the half ball, right? It's like a flat bottom. Then it's got like the, the stability ball surface to it, right? You could do some cool stuff on there. You know, maybe do some, you know, single leg deadlifts, whatever. All right, a couple body weight squats. But when you're putting a barbell on your back, on a busu ball with... 225 on the bar? Stop. I mean, what are you doing? Right? There's memes out there about this. People getting on a stability ball with this huge barbell on their back and wonder why, you know, we got ACL uh, issues. All right? Just some of the, let's just not be silly about it. What we want to do is try to replicate things that maybe our ancestors might have done or things that our genes might expect. Like, as kids, we're constantly trying to balance on stuff. Right? You know, when you're a kid, you just hop up on the side of, you know, like the little parking things that separate the parking spaces, right? You got that that little concrete thing. You jump up on those, walk across, jump to the next one, right? Step on a crack, break your mama's back. Don't break her back, right? You're staying out of the lava when you're walking, like you're trying to balance and just hop up on stuff and use that versatility. But then we stop doing that as we get older, right? Straighten up. And you start being boring, right? Walking a straight line everywhere. Loosen up, have fun, use your environment. That's one of the ways that's also going to improve your proprioception. And then we got things, you know, people breaking out the slack line, like they find some trees or whatever, and they're walking on the little tightrope thing, uh, the wobble boards, busu balls, just working on your footwork. You know, you can get, uh, get yourself a ladder, right? The ladders that you put on the ground, right? It's like, you know, a uh, roped ladder, not the ladder to like climb up on your house and doing speed drills, footwork drills, things like that is going to help with this as well. And what is proprioception when it really boils down to it? It's really like a sixth sense. You know, uh, we know the sense of taste and smell and touch, but proprioception is really an extension of our senses. And this sixth sense helps us again to navigate and to relate to the environment around us. It's your body's awareness of itself in space in relationship to itself in the environment. Really powerful stuff. And by the way, when I said Sixth Sense, did you think about the movie? Did you think about Bruce Willis and that little weird kid? All right, I did when I said it and when I thought about it. And I, I know that happens a lot of times with different movies and things like that. For me, whenever I hear... Whenever somebody says, this is a true story, if somebody says monster or little monster, I think of the movie Little Monsters, all right? Howie Mandel, okay? Classic. Another one I think about is Spike, right? Whenever I hear somebody like mention a Spike or Spike TV station, whatever, I think about from the Gremlins, all right? It's these weird mental connections in our mind, right? And little gizmo and just like, don't get them wet after, was it? Don't get them wet, period, but then don't feed them after midnight, okay? This sounds like, you know, some people I know, right? You can't, you know, don't do that, right? Bad things will happen, but, you know, so cute. Gizmo, he's like, um, hi, Dave, MTV, HBO. Super cute. I had a little Gizmo, little, uh, I don't know if I call it a dollar, I don't know, but, a, you know, stuffed character. And, uh, yeah, so when I hear... Spike, I think of a movie when I hear, you know, Sixth Sense. It's crazy how our minds work and it relates to things like, you know, songs and movies. And, and uh, I just think that's pretty interesting. But with that said, again, proprioception, you don't have to think about when you're watching the movie, putting the, the snacks into your mouth, right? It's all part of the big equation. And so doing balanced training is going to support these areas of the brain that support proprioception, that support memory, that support your spatial navigation. All right, so things that your brain craves, we covered strength training, balance training, 
We're going to cover one more area. Research conducted at the New York University School of Medicine, as well as some other scientists from other universities, found recently that mice that ran frequently on wheels had higher levels of BDNF, all right, brain-derived neurotropic factor. And it appears to be a protein called cathepsin B, which is secreted by muscles during physical activity. And this is what has been found to spark the neurogenesis related to exercise, all right? So he found a specific protein. This is how muscle engagement is sparking that process of neurogenesis. So check this out. So that was done with mice, but a human study, this is 2016 study with human participants, found that test subjects who ran on treadmills had elevated blood serum levels of cathepsin B after exercising. Hmm. Following four months of running on the treadmill for three days per week, 45 minutes or more, participants drew more accurate pictures from memory than at the beginning of the study before they started exercising. All right, now listen, this category here is walking and jogging. Okay, I don't call it jogging, I call it jogging. Okay, so we've got a lot of the data out there about the brain benefits of exercise are related to jogging, right? That moderate intensity kind of thing. Now, full disclosure, I'm allergic to it, okay? It's not my favorite thing in the world, but this kind of research opens me up to start thinking about things differently. And now we know we've got massive data showing that getting out and jogging for these long amounts of time is not the best form of exercise for transforming our body composition. We know that it's high intensity interval training. We know that it's strength training and also walking. But this has me thinking differently about something that I'm personally going to begin to incorporate more because of the brain benefits, all right? This does not mean you need to get out and run 45 minutes multiple days a week, but maybe like if your thing is kind of like me, like you like to do some HIIT training, you know, maybe do some sprints, lift some weights, that kind of thing, and walk and just kind of, you know, be mobile and active through your life, which is my formula is pretty great for me. And you do get a lot of benefits from all this stuff, but hey, we're getting the biggest spark potentially of brain-derived neurotropic factor from doing some moderate intensity cardio. So maybe I might want to mix that in, you know, once a week or every other week. Just get a couple of sessions in and train my body and my brain a little bit differently, you know? So I just want to put that out there because there was actually a study that looked at high-intensity interval training versus moderate cardio versus strength training versus doing nothing. Obviously doing nothing lost, all right? The other three had benefit. The most benefit was seen as far as brain-derived neurotropic factor and some other things. So that moderate intensity uh, jogging led to an increase in cell proliferation, survival, neuronal differentiation, and neuronal cell migration. In contrast, high-intensity interval training only promoted neuronal differentiation and migration, right? So getting from um, the places that they're generated to places that the cells need to go to be able to migrate to the places that they need to be in order to have the proper function. So I hope that makes sense, right? So your uh, brain cells being able to get to the places that they need to be to keep you as healthy and functional as possible. So we do get benefit, but you get a little bit more benefit from what they studied in this particular um, research. So again, just something to think about. It's not that if you're, if you're into high intensity interval training and strength training, it's not to stop doing that, but maybe you might want to consider adding in a moderate intensity cardio every now and then, all right? So with that said, let's look at one of my other favorite forms of exercise that I used to be allergic to. I thought it was, you know, I thought it was, I thought it was for the week, all right? I'm just going to throw it out there. When people would tell me, you know, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago that they were walking for their health to get in shape and this kind of thing, I'd be like... It's going to take you a long time. You know, it's going to take you, you're going to have to walk a long way. It might be a coast to coast deal. All right. You better book some motels along the way, whatever, but it's going to take you to walk to where you're trying to get. It's going to take you a long time. It's just not true. Walking is medicine. Walking is the number one form of exercise that humans are designed for. Are we designed to uh, back squat? 300 pounds, 
I don't know. I mean, we can do it and we can get great benefit from that, but are we designed to do to do that? Not necessarily. Are we designed to, you know, do a, a bench press? Mm, not necessarily. We are designed to walk. That is the number one thing our genes expect us to do as humans, as far as movement and exercise, is walking, all right? So we're listening all kinds of epigenetic triggers. We talked about many different episodes from improving the function of our immune system, our blood sugar management, our uh, cardiovascular health, fat, uh, the ability to burn fat instead of spiking cortisol, which is what we do with um, kind of the moderate jogging, right? Um, I said jogging earlier a couple of times, but when we're doing that, we're also, we're in that balance of like stress and, you know, trying to get the benefits that we want. Whereas with walking, it's a, can be a much more relaxing, serotonin kind of driven, feel good type of thing that gives us all this benefit. And so here's another benefit. 2007 study conducted by German researchers found that daily walking can statistically improve working memory. Stanford study found that walking increased creative inspiration by an average of 60% versus sitting. Please hear that. The effect was evident while and shortly after walking anywhere between 5 and 16 minutes. And it enhanced a specific flavor of creativity called divergent thinking. Enhanced divergent thinking. This is thinking outside of the box. This is getting out. Because when we're thinking and trying to solve a problem, sometimes we're so in it, we can't really think of, you know, the 10 other ways that this thing can be solved. We think it's just one. Divergent thinking is that. Where we find new and better ways, creative ways of solving our problems and to getting to where we want to go. This is one of the things that I found to be just anecdotally, if I just stop, walk away, literally walk away, from the work I'm doing, I come back, like I get so many new ideas, like, and I'm just, I might be pressing and getting work done and just kind of powering through, you know, it might be, you know, 60 minutes writing. If I could just get myself, just walk away, go for a 10 minute walk, everything is better without fail. So it's just like, why wouldn't I do it? It's because we get caught in that, in that loop and we don't give ourselves permission to do something like this because we don't see the benefit of walking away. All right. So with that said, this is something else for us to incorporate, to get benefit from, incredibly valuable for our brain, for our creativity, for our ability to think and to think divergently. So to, to kind of wrap everything up today, you know, we covered these three different forms of exercise that the brain craves. And we talked about the connection between the brain and exercise on many different levels. And I just, I hope you got a lot from this. I want to give you some, some walk away tactics and points, some action steps to take along with all of this. So number one, we talked about strength training and the benefits that it has on your brain. So what does this look like? What are the recommendations? So in the research, scientists consistently were finding that two days of strength training per week is really the minimum effective dose. Like that's where we really see on average, the best benefit is getting at least two days in, maximum of five days, right? And so that wouldn't be training every body part five days a week. That would be like some split training, working different muscles, that kind of thing. But doing two total body strength training sessions a week, two to three, is right on the money for getting so many of these benefits. So that's the recommendation with strength training. Get yourself two to three sessions per week and you're gonna be keeping your brain healthy and happy for a long, long time. Also, we talked about balance and speed, training balance, right? Balance workouts. These are things that can be incorporated with your strength training sessions or your cardio sessions, or even when you're going out for walks. But we wanna incorporate this, again, at least twice a week, work on balance. And so, again, this could be Box jumps, I love box jumps for many different reasons. Also the kind of anabolic hormone benefits that we get from that kind of activity as well. But single leg uh, exercises, you know, including single leg squats, AKA pistol squats. And there are progression exercises that you can actually do to get yourself to a place where you can do full unadulterated pistol squats. And I actually have many progression exercises and progression exercise trainings in my uh, inner circle, my online fitness 
program, my membership site, The Fat Loss Code. And so if you're not a part of that, you are really, really missing out. This is where I'm really giving my very best information on fitness and changing your body composition, right? And so we've got several new workouts that we provide each week, um, nutrition plans that are personalized. So this is going through stuff that I would do in my clinical in my clinical practice to really hone in and find the very best nutrition for you, giving you that training so that you can continue to adapt and change things as you adapt and change. Because what's working for you right now might not work for you six months from now. And you need to have the tools to be able to adjust things for yourself. And so uh, that's a big part of the, uh, the community. We also do you know, uh, weekly Facebook lives. It's just a really good time. I love this community. Just go to thefatlosscode.com and you can get access to the membership program there. And again, the progression exercises, we got that for, you know, things like if you're trying to get to a place where you could do muscle-ups or, you know, pull-ups. If you're going, I've had so many people go from zero, non-existent pull-ups to being able to jump up and bang out 5, 10, 20, 30 push-ups, you know, depending on the person which sounds outrageous, but just having these progression, progression exercises and workouts that go along with them is so amazing what we're able to do. All right, so you can pop over, check that out, thefatlosscode.com. In addition to that, you know, single leg exercises, also uh, working out on unstable surfaces, working out with uh, different weights, different size weights. So maybe you're doing a farmer's walk. This is where you pick up two heavy implements, you know, maybe they're kettlebells or dumbbells or sandbags, whatever they are, but maybe one is 50 pounds and one is 40 pounds, right? So training your body, and of course, like alternating sides so you're balanced, you know, uh, maybe do two sets for each side, but just that balance training where your body has to adapt to different pressures because that's what life is. When we're working or playing, your body is having different stimuli that are not balanced, right? Uh, the impact of the environment around us is not always equal. And so training ourselves for that. So this could also be incorporating those footwork drills I talked about, wobble boards, busu balls, slack line, so many different things, all right? So many different cool things to play around with, all right? So make sure that we're getting in two sessions of balance training. And finally, walking and or kind of conventional cardio where we're jogging. This is, number one, walking is daily, what we found is that just 11 minutes of walking per day can literally add potentially two plus years to your lifespan, all right? This can help to keep your brain younger. This can help to uh, prevent insulin resistance simply by walking just minimum 11 minutes a day. Ideally, we want to get around to that 7,000, 10,000 steps potentially, but you know we, we got to have a good on-ramp. So I just recommend daily we need to be walking. Just get out. Go for a quick 10 minute walk at minimum, 10, 11 minute walk. And from there, if we want to stretch it out a little bit, that's uh, kind of superstar status is getting in that 10,000 steps. All right. That's where we really want to target. All right. And as far as the cardio, this depends on you. If you love to, to get out and jog or cycle, that kind of thing, go for it. This is uh, a good implement. However, if it's body composition driven, make sure we're getting the strength training in, high intensity interval training. And that is a compliment for your brain doing the conventional cardio, all right? But if you're not doing conventional cardio, right, getting out and jogging for a bit or cycling, a little bit longer stint, maybe you might want to add that in. You know, at minimum, maybe one, one day a week, every couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm talking from my own experience right now because I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this. And it's just not my cup of tea necessarily, but I do want to test and find out some of these benefits. You know, because for me, my formula has worked incredible for my body composition, for my health, for my cognitive ability. But what if there's something else? So this is what it's all about. All of us having the audacity to, to test things out, to try things for ourselves and, and get that feedback. There's no greater feedback than paying attention to how we look, feel and perform ourselves. And sometimes we got to get out of our comfort zone. All right. So uh, adding these things in daily walk, balance training at least twice a week, strength training at least twice a week, and um, moderate intensity cardio um, as much as you want. Sprinkle that in, get that in there. If it's kind of a, a heart of your training, all good. Make sure you're doing some of the other stuff. And if it's something you're not doing, let's have the audacity to add a little bit of that in this year, and test it out and see how it feels and see how your brain is loving it. All right, so 
Listen, I appreciate you so much. I hope you got a lot of value out of this episode. We've got so many incredible interviews and show topics coming up this year. I'm just so excited and so grateful. And uh, listen, if you got a lot of value out of this episode, please share it out with the people you care about. Share it out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, anywhere. You could email it, send a raven, whatever. Get this episode to people you care about, all right, to help because listen, sharing is caring, all right? But to truly to help to uplevel their lives as well. So I appreciate you so much. Of course, tag me on social media. Let me know what you thought about the episode. Let everybody know what you thought about the episode. And uh, stay tuned for much, much more because we got some really good stuff coming for you. So be ready, all right? I appreciate you immensely. Take care, have an amazing day, and I'll talk with you soon. And for more after the show, make sure to head over to themodelhealthshow.com. That's where you can find all of the show notes. You can find transcriptions, videos for each episode. And if you got a comment, you can leave me a comment there as well. And please make sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a rating to let everybody know that the show is awesome. And I appreciate that so much. And take care. I promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help you transform your life. Thanks for tuning in.